Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's Monday, it's The Wind-Up, the latest video games, the biggest talking points, the juiciest leaks and rumors for the gaming week. I'm Scott Hilford, joined by Josh Brown. Oh my God, hello, Scott Telford, firing <laughs> on all cylinders over here. Sweet Lord, I thought I'd sit down and write a little cheeky little intro, because I thought that for the winder, we should just get the, get, get the energy flowing, get the, get the pistons firing, get all sorts of different things that we can talk about. And um, there is quite a lot going on in the gaming world, um, in terms of games to play anyway, in terms of things like Far Cry 6, in terms of things like Sable, in terms of really lovely games that might end up being Game of the Year, which isn't Far Cry 6. But also, uh, in terms of big old talking points, a lot of stuff happened across the weekend at the DC Fandom, um, so we thought we just break those things down there's a new gotham knights game a new gotham knights story trailer and um, there's a sort of story but it's all, all of it's rendered in engine so i was kind of going to call it like it's not gameplay but it's like it's indicative of what they're going for in terms of the yeah. look uh, for both Gotham Knights and the Suicide Squad uh, Killer Justice League game. Um, and we might talk a little bit about uh, the Batman and the Flash movie trailers as well. Um, but Gotham Knights, what do you think? Honestly, man, when this was first announced last year or the year mm. before, whenever it was, time's a flat circle. And I thought <laughs> it looked pretty promising here. So for me, the Gotham Knights one in particular was kind of just more of the same. I'm mm. already into this game since really? we had the big okay. gameplay reveal. I thought that genuinely looked quite good. Mm-hmm. I like the setup. I like that it's this kind of, you know, Arkham adjacent thing. It's obviously not in that universe, but it's still taking some or cues is it? from there. Well, or is it? Well, he said it's not. I don't think it is. I don't think they, I don't think they would lie because it would just no, it, set expectations up wrong. Yes, they're definitely um, pulling from the Arkhamverse, like like somewhat tonally, but then they also kind yes. of because like, for me, I did a one eighty on it because I thought when they first showed it off, it looked like this co op only like online platform type thing, and I could see the deluxe batarangs a mile off. Yeah. And then, but now they're like, oh, here's the story trailer, and it's entirely the Court of Owls, um, which they have mentioned before. But um, now you actually get to see stuff from. Did, did you read the Court of Owls books? No, but I've heard from you and that they're very good. Yes, they are very, very good. That's like one of my like favorite like Batman arcs or whatever. And so in this trailer, they show things like what looks like the maze, which is like, I mean, the thing is with the Court of Owls, it's a very Batman, very Bruce Wayne centric story. But obviously with him being dead in the canon, or is he, then they have, they have to do it with someone else. Um, but there is a whole part in that where, you know, Bruce sort of descends down, finds this sort of Illuminati style set of cave systems and mazes that lives underneath Gotham. And then there's a whole thing with like what he sees in there and it's different reflections on himself and stuff like that. And so like that's a really cool thing to pull from. And that maze very much looks like it's in the trailer. There's a bit where Batwoman has one of the owl masks on. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it seems like that's going to be what they're going for. Um, but the level of storytelling that's in here like is completely diametrically opposed with the idea of a, a loot-based or at least a, a co-op-focused multiplayer game. So yeah. if there's a worthwhile story here, then I'm 100% back in. 
Well, I was I was interested because initially, like you, I was turned off. I was thinking, I don't want <laughs> a Batman, uh, well, you know, something set in the Batman universe to mm. be this kind of co-op looter brawler thing. But mm. when I saw that first gameplay trailer and from reading the interviews where they were saying, like, even if you do play a co-op, I'm pretty sure it's only um, two people at a time. So it's you and a partner. Yes. It's not like this, you know, four-player <laughs> um, aliens fire team. Squad elite thing. Yeah. Squad thing. Yeah. It seems like you can play alone. And it kind of, at least to me, I get more vibe vibes of Assassin's Creed from it, you know, in the way yeah. that that's an open world game. And the loot system is obviously a huge part of the more recent Assassin's Creed games. Mm. And you're getting like, you know, your different tiered loot, you're constantly swapping things out. And um, it looks to me to be more inspired by that, which obviously works very much as a single player game and occasionally a story driven game. So mm. I'm hoping they get a similar balance. And I have no reason to believe they won't from what I've seen, especially now they're coming out with this story trailer. That, like you said, put so much more focus on the characters, the world and the actual driving force behind it the thing that is weird though like i said for me i know they've lived they've literally said it's not in the arkham verse but they're almost picking and choosing bits and pieces from it like bruce wayne is dead or at least thought to be dead because they show his his grave and stuff which obviously was the end of arkham knight um or at least one of the endings in arkham knight if you didn't get the true ending but then you know stuff like like the penguin isn't from uh, london anymore he's from like new york so they're sort, they're sort of mm-hmm. changing that around and then the costumes for each of the characters are almost golden age dc or silver age like they're probably old yeah. school batwoman's is like bright purple and yellow costume but then she's walking through like a really like decrepit like underground cave system and i'm like i don't know man like i mean and then they've got the bright neon sign for the logo itself and i'm like are you trying to thread that line of like it's for the kids it's really bright and popular and but it's also arkham and it's also gritty and it's like yeah I think, I don't know, man. Again, I can only go from the trailers we've seen, mm. but the visual aesthetic from the latest trailer I really liked because it did take some of the grittiness of um, the Arkhamverse, like you said, and, you know, mm. obviously that comes from the comics and, you know, the animated series and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they have injected it with this color, but I don't think it's, you know, this kind of... Um, jarring color. For me, it's very much in terms of the version of Gotham that they've painted Mm. here, which is this gothic um, version of the city. But also, yeah, it has this kind of like neon spark to it. It kind of has Mm -hmm. this kind of weird um, visual flair, this more colorful flair. That to me works a lot because I was a bit sick, even though I love the Arkham games, I was a bit sick of the visual style towards the end of it because Mm. I thought they leaned too much into the sci-fi technological future aspect of it. Oh, I love that stuff. Which, which that's that's quite funny. We need to talk about that more in depth at some point because I don't really um, jive with that, and I also mm-hmm. didn't like um, the kind of uh, character models towards the end. You know, you had your mm. big gruff dudes, and everyone was this big gruff dude, and it was like very much um, exaggerated. And that's like cool, Gears but I kind of thought, yeah, it was very much Gears of War esque, and I kind of got sick of that towards the end. And I like that this has a bit more variety. It seems. Mm. No, the thing with the uh, the tech side of it, I love the new bat suit. The thing that I don't like is that Batman just has a, a vision mode for every last thing. Like yeah. it was like, oh, he goes to a crime scene, and then there's like a specific chemical that's spilled, and he's like, well, give me a minute, I'll just I'll put that in the in the database, and then I'll, that's the thing that shows me exactly where that chemical's been or whatever. Um, and I thought that he just he just started solving everything with an array of vision modes. So I, I I agree with you on that side that that level of the technology stuff did like take away from being the world's greatest detective because he was just the world's yeah. greatest vision filter user. But I think that <laughs> um, you know if they do something where it's on that level, if they rely on the detective work, it's cool. Um, but I love the that scene when you first get the advanced suit and all the pieces click into place. It's very Iron Man. It's full on Iron yes. Man. But yes. I, I thought that was cool because um, I like I thought, him being yeah. you know technologically powered anyway. 
totally. I, I liked the suit in that. Don't get mm. me wrong, but I thought Arkham Asylum, and I know a lot of people kind of like don't like the suit in that necessarily, but for me, it kind of felt more like the Arkham Asylum um, comic by I think yeah. it was Grant Morrison, yes. where a Batman is you know more of a specter. He's kind of like more of this um, strange ethereal being as much as he <laughs> is a down to earth detective who uses all of this technology. And it's a hard balance to get right. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can veer too far in um, certain directions. But I thought that. You know, it's not even the point I was wanting to make initially, but uh, <laughs> I thought that in Arkham Knight, it got a bit too far, too much tech-based in the same right. way that if I have one gripe about Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man, it's that Peter Parker there was also too much tech-based. Sometimes I just yes. like them being more natural in their in their powers and their and more mythological in their appearances. Yeah, man, th- there's a whole thing to be said. You want to talk about tangents? There's a whole thing to be said about how modern-age Spider-Man is kind of just Iron Man with a Spider-Man yeah. costume. Like, I, and I, it's fine. I love Tom Holland and all that jazz, but even in the Insomniac one, he's very like which i get is something again like it, it was seated in the comics it is a thing from the comics yes but i think to a mainstream audience like myself um or more mainstream than following the comics it does seem like he's just the tech guy and it's another yeah. tech guy and it's like well we can't do an iron man game so we'll just do all the tech stuff with spidey um and it works well enough but it does kind of stand out um but yeah overall though i mean i guess we haven't seen we saw a little bit of gameplay maybe a year or two ago like you said times a flat circle but we did see a bit of gotham knights gameplay um a little while ago and then in this case they they lent entirely on the court of owl stuff which is funny because you'll remember like sort of 2017 2018 we started covering this back in the day it was back when it was leaked to be called batman arkham insurgency and the vast majority of those plot points have actually carried over including the gameplay details not um joker's existence because obviously that pre that was i mean i don't know maybe joker is in here in some sort of imaginary form again um i guess he could be in actually if they're doing like a split split timeline thing because he would Mm -hmm. still maybe be around um, but all the Batman and Arkham Insurgency stuff was um, the Batman be the uh, the bad bike would be in here, um, and it would it would be all about the Court of Owls, and it would be like the ramifications. And you'd be going up against uh, mini bosses against the Talons, which the yeah. Talons are like a um, sort of like a high ranking fighter inside the the court the court itself. Um, and in the trailer, the new trailer, they show like a guy with like a different style mask who's like their leader. So it's just it's lots of things that are that were from those leaks that were from the original Court of Owls comic. Um, I do personally think that it's missing Batman massively. Like as someone who's mm-hmm. read that story, it is a Bruce story. And um, I don't really know what you do unless maybe all maybe they do all this, the things and they bring like Dam- is Damien Wayne in this at all? I forget whether um, he's one of the family question. or not. I'm not entirely sure if no, he is. No, because we've seen Batman, we've yeah. seen Robin, and then it's like, I don't know whether they're doing anything with Damian Wayne, but they could maybe do some sort of Court of Owls adjacent story by plastering it onto Damian and letting doing the sins of the father type stuff. Um, but overall, I thought that was a pretty positive uh, showing for it. I don't know how long, yes. it, they said it's coming out in 2022. Um, are you kind of just all in or are you waiting for gameplay stuff? Um, I would like to see more gameplay. It's it's the superhero game at the moment that's maybe exciting me the most from what we've mm. seen. You know, I remember when it was it was that long ago that we were comparing the gameplay for Gotham Knights to Avengers. And I remember just yeah. thinking it was night and day at the time. But oh. yeah, it's kind of wild that in a universe um, like Gotham Knights was, was supposed to be out like now-ish. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. supposed to come out at the end of this year. Obviously, it was delayed for obvious reasons. But now we're getting these two um, big superhero games um, in 2022, which is really cool. So yeah, I'm optimistic. I want to see more gameplay, definitely. I want to know how the loot system properly works and mm. how much um, ratio of story to grind we're going to have, but cautiously optimistic on it. <laughs> I definitely have a thing. You mentioned the loot system. I definitely have a, a big old qualm with Warner Brothers overall. Like I just, yeah. th- there's something about the way that all the DC stuff is coming together and it is across the board. Um, there, the thing is like, there is synergy between the way that they rebooted the, the Suicide Squad movie. I'm 
they let James Gunn just go hog wild, do whatever you want. And then there's a lot of parallels to the new Suicide Squad game trailer, the Killer Justice League stuff, uh, in terms of like King Shark. I mean, King Shark for me is like a nexus of like Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy and then the new King Shark. And in this case, he's voiced by Samoa Joe, like the, uh, I forgot the guy's real name is, but he's a wrestler. Um, right. And they've got, uh, I think she's called Deborah Wilson, who's the last from um, Jedi Fallen Order. She played Sierra Junda. She's like the new oh, yeah. Amanda Waller. Um, so there's there's some like like known names and sort of like heavyweights kind of thing in there. Um, but like I said, that in terms of like brand synergy, it's like okay, this is almost the game of the James Gunn movie because um, we're doing King Shark, we're doing these sort of parallels, and we're doing the wacky shenanigans and the pop song in the background like that. That stuff makes me itch, to be honest, at this stage. But I like what well, you're way more positive on it than me. I think in terms of the sense of humor and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, when we first saw the Suicide Squad, it was just it was such a brief trailer, and I thought mm. I needed to be convinced. I did nothing for me. I was like, the James Gunn. Um, well, well, the film, yeah, the James Gunn film. Mm. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I thought it was good. I thought it was a step was from fine, the previous yeah. movie. But I meant when we first saw the um, Suicide Squad game, like you know, when we got the teaser trailer for mm. that. And um, when it was first announced, and I thought, yeah, sure, looks 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 all right. This one I was much more positive on because even though it is hitting a lot of the familiar beats, like you said, you've got the hives tick tick boom on in the background, <laughs> soundtracking it all. You've got this like irreverent um, humor, and um, it did more for me because it felt like didn't feel just corporate at least it's in my oh, really? eyes i like the gimmick of these characters i thought the humor was good especially the final scene with the penguin um which i know you're not a huge huge fan of no. but i think the core concept of them going out for the justice league is just tantalizing man like mm. if it was just a regular suicide squad game i might not be that excited about it but i think having these characters hunting down these heroes that we know so well like that's cool that's a like great angle yeah, there's something about it that's really like m like sort of meme inspired. I don't know how long this has been in development. I know it is Rocksteady, and assumedly it will be after 2015. Um, so yeah. obviously the Suicide Squad came out. The original Suicide Squad movie was 2016, and one of the go-to things with that was like, oh my god, if you're if, the whole motivation behind Amanda Waller forming the Suicide Squad was the idea that you know Superman could just go rogue and rip into the Pentagon, and oh my god, we need this team of superheroes to fight back. And so on the critical side, the reception side to that movie, it was like, what, some person with a baseball bat and someone else who throws boomerangs is going to have a chance against <laughs> this superhero. But now that's entirely this game's angle. And I'm like, is that literally born out of the response to the way that Suicide Squad was, was received in 2016? Or was this always yeah. the plan? Because as far as I know, and I know very little, I don't think the Suicide Squad have ever fought the Justice League in a comic. Maybe that's a really big popular arc, but I don't, yes. like, I know bits and pieces about DC Comics. and I've never seen that yes. be floated very much. But is that a well, thing? I mean, I, I'm not denying it. I'm not going to pretend to be a Suicide <laughs> Squad um, fountain of knowledge, but obviously, you know, there have been Justice League members, maybe even the Justice League entirely, who have mm. gone rogue and superheroes and supervillains have had to band together and take them down and stuff. But mm. when it comes to this plot specifically, the only reason I don't think it would be in response to the 2016 um, movie is because the Suicide Squad as a game has been in flux so much like it was yeah. originally in development at WB Montreal like they made a pitch for a Suicide Squad game mm. that was cancelled now they're doing Gotham Knights then Rocksteady pitched something else that got um, canned now they're doing Suicide Squad game <laughs> so I just don't trust the internal development of WB as a publisher no. to to um, execute an idea based before the 2016 movie like I just mm. don't think they had that force like oh, no, maybe I it is but I just, I feel like, it, like it's, just, it's just funny how it's lined up. Like that was one of the yes, main sort yeah. of like complaints at the time. And now this literally is, can Harley Quinn take down Superman? <laughs> and like, that's a, that's a cool question to answer. Yeah, uh, for me, it works because it's like this group of, you know, um, wrong-uns, this group of just <laughs> They're people, misfits. They're misfits. They're, they're, they're kind of useless in a lot mm. of ways. You know, like there's... <laughs> 
they're the underdogs essentially. Like yeah. you look at these supervillains going up against even Superman on his own would be a huge, huge deal. But the fact mm-hmm. that it's the entire Justice League with their entire set of powers, like in your mind, there's there's no way they can win. But it's going to be so good, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. if they execute it right, to watch them just kind of like bumble into these victories <laughs> against these literal gods. You know, to me, that's a that's a fun concept. Do you think, like two things, do you think, one, that they'll let anyone die? Like, will you actually be able to kill Superman, the Flash, etc., Green Lantern, etc.? And two, do you think gameplay-wise that the final killing sequences will largely be scripted, even in a gameplay sense, like you will kill him or you will affect them this way? Or will they give you a bunch of options and let you figure it out, almost Shadow of Mordor slash war style of like okay their weaknesses are like three four things if you can line this up you can get this kill shot off i think they i think at least some of them will die and i Mm. think it will be well i don't know i I assume it will be more scripted i feel like rocksteady Mm. the past of even though they've had like sandboxes they've had open worlds when it comes to their main um, narratives they've been very scripted it would be cool if you had like this kind of you know these different opportunities Mm. to kill the justice league members in different ways but i feel like with um this and gotham knights both of those universes are like distinct you know over the trailers we saw like two different versions of the penguin for instance Mm. you know we've got all these different characters um existing simultaneously in different games in different universes so i don't see why wb would have a problem if rocksteady was like look we want to kill green lantern we want to kill the flash yeah, for our universe thing. and carry on through there because it's not going to affect what they want to do with that character if they want to do anything with them mm. in another game well that's what makes you wonder like have they abandoned their shared universe thing because for the longest time yeah. especially it, it seemed like the arkham games were the main timeline because in arkham knight they reference um you know superman i think green lanterns got gets referenced and then flash does and like now you're getting that where it's a shot it is the assumedly it's the continuation of the arkham verse because it I, I i think that's what they initially said i don't know how much mm-hmm. that's gone waxed and waned and stuff but like if they then kill the main characters um or whatever they do with these characters does that then affect you know, the potential of a superman game or a flash game because it's not they, they're still to bring the wider universe stuff and other wider brand stuff they are doing a flash movie again for the first time or whatever with ezra miller so it's like well you could then do a flash game uh, and tie it all together or whether i don't know whether dc have just abandoned the shared universe stuff because marvel do it so much better than they do yeah i feel like you know if i keep saying that i keep saying i've said it this entire podcast and i want to stop it's it's such a crutch i lean on sorry about that well what do you um, when it comes to dc in particular yes um you know in their movie universe they obviously still have the shared dc main canon if you want to call it mm-hmm. of like aquaman wonder woman you know Bat- ben affleck's batman the flash all of those but they have found such success in branching off from that by doing mm. either offshoots kind of set in that world or something else entirely like joker and i feel mm. like i said it again good lord um that they've <laughs> got to the stage where they understand that they can chase marvel but they mm. can also do their own stuff and have all of these discrete universes and why doesn't that well, have to apply to the games when it comes to um dc and their idea of the shared universe living with other um discrete universes and mm. spin-offs audiences understand that more in a gaming world where we're not even expecting things to be connected at this point we well, understand that things are going to be separate yeah this seems like what like what they're doing is one giant experiment on like how much can an average audience keep up with or do they even care like is is yeah. the shared universe more associated with marvel and in this case you know because they had a trailer for the in the flash movie where michael keaton voices it and michael keaton's batman is in it but you just see him from behind the batmobiles in it but you don't get to see it it's underneath like a sheet but it's just like you know simultaneously going forward we've got robin pattinson's batman um michael yes. keaton's batman 
don't know what's happening with Ben Affleck's Batman because he's not there's like I guess I don't know what the hell they're doing with him at all. Um, and then there'll be potentially another Batman in um the Killer Suicide Squad game, but I don't know if yes. he's dead in that as well because it's kind of a continuation of the Arkham <laughs> series. But overall, does the average person just go, "It's just Batman," and they know the basics so. and they go forward from there? Because I remember the the mission statement for the Batman animated series. Um, I forget the name of the creator um of the the, the the initial animated series, but their mission statement that they gave to all the staff and the artists and everything um was that everybody knows who Batman is. Let's just write stories yeah. from you know the midpoint onwards the spider-man 2 entry onwards like don't worry about doing all that stuff again and so yeah. i wonder if that's what they've just this whole multi-year process has just been an exercise in do we actually need to bother with another origin story or another backfill yeah. thing we can just do a batman story yeah it took movie studios um superhero studios specifically so mm. long to catch up with that you know when we had the amazing spider-man reboot it was, it was like <laughs> we don't we don't the need origin, origin again, again. People, Spider-Man, Batman, anyone in their realm are like some of the most well-known characters in fiction. Yes. Kids grow up knowing exactly who they are, what their powers mm-hmm. are. Now general audiences and those kids' parents know exactly the ins and outs of it. We're at this point as a culture that we don't, we don't, we don't need it. We can just have all of these <laughs> different Batman um, li- living simultaneously in different games and different movies and stuff, and people aren't going to be confused. You know, We're not mm-hmm. that dumb. I think <laughs> studios finally understand that we're not that dumb. One thing, speaking of mainstream audiences, though, the thing that I really I worry about, because just to bring it back to the Suicide Squad stuff for a second, I am 100% burnt out on the Suicide Squad. Like, I checked out the 2016 mm. movie. I watched the James Gunn one. The Gunn one was fine, but it wasn't anything incredible. I thought it opened better than it continued. They killed the weasel, and I was I was there for the weasel. I wanted to... What? Well, I mean, they did, but no spoilers. Did they, though? Did well, they? did they, though? But, I mean, but but he's not in the movie much, is he? I, I, I was there for him and King Shark, and the bit when they put King Shark in the back of the car while they go and do the whole middle third of the movie, I was like, what? Are, I, you marketed this on a weasel and a shark, and that's exactly why I bought a ticket, and they're not... <laughs> They're not here. Point being, though, that overall, I'm burnt the hell out on the Suicide Squad. I'm burnt the hell out on James Gunn-style Guardians of the Galaxy humor. And they're sort of a reverent, oh, they're a wacky bunch of the shenanigans ensue. And I'm just like, I, part of me, like I said, it makes me itch. And so I wonder how they're going to do that. And also to bring in something else, Suicide Squad absolutely bombed at the box office, like in terms of the mm-hmm. rebooted one that was entirely James Gunn-focused. Um, so going down that route, I mean, the trailer's been received pretty well for the game version. Um, but I just wonder, is Suicide Squad as big of a deal to the average person as DC slash Warner Brothers need it to be? I don't, I probably think it's not, but at I don't the same think time, is. you've got the double header in here of not just having the Suicide Squad, you got the Justice League as well. So if, if mm. you know, if... Uh, Another movie that didn't do that well. <laughs> Ian Boomerang. Well, mm. True, mm. but it didn't do well because of, I would argue, the production problems and the response to the previous movies. I True. don't think that invalidates the appeal of the Justice League as characters, you know, mm. as Superman and The Flash and Greenland and all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I think they're obviously huge draws in and of themselves. So we'll complement the fact that it's a Suicide Squad game because it's not just a Suicide Squad game, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I have a whole, I genuinely, part of me, not to have this, this would be a whole separate podcast, but I part <laughs> of me genuinely thinks that the average person doesn't care about them. Like, I, I think that people care about Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman's a brilliant first film, um, but I don't think the average person gives a hoot about the Green Lantern or anyone like that. I think those heroes are fundamentally ancient and they've not had anything wow. good associated wow. with them in decades so that that's my like core feeling um but i might be the only person who feels that but i just feel like the response to something like the suicide squad um obviously that's a different thing entirely but it still was that thing of like dc's heroes are fundamentally not as appealing as marvel's i feel like that's like a like a thing that they just have to keep I... contending with 
I don't don't know if I agree. I don't know if I agree only because Scott Telford, yes. Aquaman made over a billion dollars in that Aquaman. Bit, you know what I mean? In Wonder Woman, the first one, when that wasn't a, in a pandemic, you know, releasing mm. in a pandemic, also made a lot of money. These characters do make a lot of money. It's just that the the thing that spawned them isn't, at least in the movies, isn't mm. the most well-received and didn't make the most money. But outside of them, I think there is the appeal for them individually, 100%. Mm. I, I, at least I would say, I think no, the money alone. They are really good examples. I think that, um, obviously, yeah, the, the pandemic stuff is going to skew box office numbers. But there was something that came out straight after Suicide Squad that grossed as much as it would have done beforehand. I forget what that was now. Oh, but there yeah, was totally. Some, like, there have been some big movies that oh, have yeah, still done yeah. very, very well. So I think it is still valid that the Suicide Squad doesn't seem to mean that much to a yeah. mainstream audience. But 100%. making it playable, and if they nail, keep nailing the trailers, I mean, just the just the base idea of, like, there's a bit towards the end of the trailer where it looks like Superman is grappling with, um like, another, like, regular person. He goes to eye laser them as he's holding mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, you're Superman. What has happened to you where you are being grappled on the floor? Like, I like, I like the <laughs> idea of knowing what they've done to sort of bring Superman down to Earth so they can actually have a fight with him and let you fight him in the game and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of DC fandom stuff. Um, very quick thoughts on the Batman movie trailer before we continue. The, the I... Mr. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. 
But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director, Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Scotty T, I'm a big (laughs) fan of the Batman movie trailer. I loved the first one. I thought the second one looked really good. Mm. And I keep thinking about that final shot where the camera's upside down and the Batman's walking through (laughs) the flames and the music kicks in and you get the little score. Huge fan. I'm Mm. not... um, even that big on Matt Reeves necessarily. I think he's quite um, Oh, the Apes trilogy is the best trilogy, my friend. Well, I need to go back to it. I need to watch it. I, I knew him more from, um, like, Let Me In and Cloverfield and stuff than I did his uh, more okay. modern, well-received stuff. Uh, but yes, hyped about it, really excited for it. Um, and I think that's going to hopefully break the kind of malaise that I have with a lot of <laughs> DC stuff where I've enjoyed a lot of it, but haven't loved a lot of it in such a long time. Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm looking forward to the most is that it isn't what it was even in the trailer very much, because <laughs> um, they show a little bit of Riddler, barely any at all. Like, I have Paul Dano's Riddler. Um, you get to see him making a little latte symbols in top of his coffee before he gets arrested uh, which is something that he might do and then um, but i like the idea of it being a sort of three hour like detective story more than i care about doing a sort of nolan channeling gritty batman i feel like part mm-hmm. of me it's literally because time is a flat circle um, and i've spent the last sort of 20 months thinking of the past but part of me just goes like well we did this we did this for a whole bunch of nolan stuff and it spurred all right. these different movies um and it's not like i i'm just looking for something to be like different or identifiable and i think that can be an almost prisoner's style Batman movie um, where you take someone like Matt Reeves because I think I mean he can shoot stuff gorgeously I think like I said the Apes trilogy is brilliant especially two and three um, but that's the thing that I just I, I came away from that trailer going like that looks impressive that looks confident but I actually know very little about the story I know very little about the stakes um, I just know the Batman's in it I know the Riddler's in it and I like the new Batmobile it's funny, Scott. Again, yes. I'm, I'm kind of on the other side of the fence you on this. Wound I up, also, you might be. Carry on. I am very wound up. I also came away from that trailer thinking, I know very little about the stakes. I know very little about, little about, about the story. But I also thought, that's good. Oh, no, I, I love that. that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I like that I'm going into this movie, you know, barely even understanding what it is outside of knowing that it's Batman versus the Penguin versus the Riddler, maybe mm. versus someone else. And, and that's cool. I like that. Um, um, building these trailers more around vibes and atmosphere than they are, <laughs> you know, here's the plot, here's what it's about, here's everything involved. And, mm-hmm. and that's a quite an interesting way to take it. And also, I mean, it seems like they are building it around the thing that we said. It's like a shared understanding of a, a yeah. basic level of an origin to a character. So let's just crack on. Here's Batwoman, here's Catwoman. Uh, sorry, here's Batman, here's Catwoman. 
<clears throat> excuse me, and here's Penguin and everything else, and we can just do a Batman story. It's not like anyone watched the animated series and went, well, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to need an origin story. Like, it was always just fine. Um, so getting movie versions of that is uh, hopefully for the best. Um, but yes, a lot of DC fandom stuff. I do think the Batman looks pretty solid as well. I just hope it's got... I look forward to seeing what the actual story is. I like the idea yes. of a really good Riddler story where he's always one step ahead. And if he gets arrested at the beginning and it's literally just him sort of pulling the strings from inside whilst he's incarcerated, I think that's a cool way to do a Batman story. Um, so yes, um, overall though, um, to bring it back to video games for a little bit, um, we've both been playing Far Cry 6. Now you played it um, way more recently than I did, uh, or at least in terms of getting into it. You started it across the weekend. Um, where do you come down on, because this game is very divisive. It was very, oh my god, it it's is. just more Far Cry. I really enjoy it. I think it's the most streamlined version of Far Cry that we've got so far. Um, yes. And I love the visuals. I think it looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, and so I've been, I've been loving it, but it is very much just more Far Cry. It's 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 a strange one to comment on. And I, I want to just fully clarify: this is extremely early days for me. Mm. I've only played it for a couple of hours. It's very much a early first impressions because I was hungover yesterday and I was playing um, PGA Two or Two K Twenty One. I thought yeah. I need something else. I need something more than this. So I went into town and picked up Far Cry Six and played uh -huh. a few hours of that. But yeah, I'm still in the tutorial area, and ultimately, I think the presentation is cool. I really like the opening cinematics where you have to kind of escape um, the city and mm. join up with the uh, guerrilla fighters and that. I thought the um, setup was really interesting. I think mechanically, it's so solid. Like the shooting has never felt better yes. it feels punchy especially with the dual sense on the uh, playstation 5 you're completely right it looks gorgeous and that was something i was a bit worried about pre-release because i thought mm -hmm. the face facial animation looked a little bit ropey and john it carlos does doesn't the look game. Yeah. yeah it does in the game still but the vistas and the textures and all of that come together and um, i just kind of am sick and i mentioned this to you before we started recording that all ubisoft games have the same structure in the same ui now oh, yeah. And I'm sick of having to spend time on the tutorial islands. I know this, for a lot of people, this will be their first Far Cry game and maybe mm. their first Ubisoft game. But me and you have played so many Ubisoft open world games. <laughs> and I don't need to be confined to this tutorial island to figure out the mechanics that I've used for six full games now Well, um, before I get let off the leash. And that's been a little bit frustrating. Mm. No, well, we are literally coming up on a decade of Far Cry. Like Far Cry 3 was yeah. 2012. So we're about to hit a decade of these mechanics, these introductions, these exact same things um, yeah. that are very much ingrained. If you carry across the stuff that we said about just going with it from the that we mentioned about Batman and everything, just let us have an option. that Literally, a menu, a menu option can i just go with it i'll hit the button yeah. and put me on the big island i don't need this little tutorial island to the side well i mean it's it's not even necessarily far cry's fault and i wouldn't obviously mark it down mm. for this it's just kind of where it's released um in the industry in general but coming off death loop which has more or less the same opening where it's like you can mm. get behind someone click r3 to do a stealth takedown with a machete i was doing that exact same thing in far cry 6 and i just thought I need, I want some, I want to do something else. I, I don't want mm. to just be stealth killing with machete um, at this moment in time. Um, but that's obviously a very uh, big nitpick on my part. It's well, not the me thing saying is, the game is bad or anything. No, but they, they do try and go like, oh, maybe you should do stealth. Oh, here's this entire wing of the game where it's stealth. You can do drop down kills. You can do machete yeah. kills. You can get, get silences. You don't need to do any of that. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I'm just shooting everything. Like I just, I send Guapo, the, the crocodile in to go take care of someone on the other side of the map. And then I run in, I just do the, um, the, the super special thing. I send off all the rockets that takes yes. care of any, uh, mounted guns, any tanks, any helicopters. And then I just mop everybody else up with my machine gun, even in the story missions where it's like, they literally tell you, oh, you're 
saving this guy. You can't raise the alarm. I was like, yeah, yeah whatever, blap. And I just shot the guy to the side <laughs> of me. And then it doesn't even fail you. It just says like, well, you're gonna have to lose them for a bit until they forget that you're there and then we can go and rescue him again. So it's just, they don't care. And like, I nah. don't care either. I'm, I'm skipping cutscenes, mate, at this point. I don't care. Oh my God. I know. That is I, outrageous. For the first sort of six, seven hours. Then I was like, I'm not going to get anything from this. Like, I don't care. Like, it's all just <laughs> going to be variations on we are the careers. We're going up against the, the president. What do you call the dude that's in charge? Mr. Castillo. Yes. Yes. And uh, going up against Mr. Castillo. And it's just going to be blow everything up. So I was like, well, I'm going to hold circle. I'm going to skip it. And I'm going to blow stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do enjoy blowing stuff up. Blowing stuff up is very yeah, satisfying. But also, what didn't help with familiarity is that as soon as I jumped in, you get a mission to destroy a bunch of tobacco fields with a flamethrower. And with a song I in thought, the background. With a song in the background, I thought, I've done this in every single Far Cry game I've ever played. And they try to lampshade it in the game, like the main character says, oh, this felt really familiar. Yeah. And, that, and that kind of made me more annoyed. Yeah. So I was like, you know this is just a re repetitive thing. You knew this before. <laughs> why, are we, why are we going through it? It's not, it's not funny to lampshade That's it. That's like when... You know, any game sort of acknowledges their fetch quest. Is like, oh, I've got to go and yeah. get these three things. Yeah, you do, and you're making me do it. Like, yeah. entirely. <laughs> yeah. It's like you haven't been forced to put this in. No. This is your decision. Make it better. But it was <laughs> it was a fine. It was a good version of the burning the fields. Um, whilst a song plays in the background, mission mm -hmm. that I mm -hmm. played a lot. And it does sound like I'm very negative on this, but um, hopefully when it opens up a bit more, I will be able to enjoy the mechanics because I'm really enjoying that side of it. And like I said, the story has got its hooks in me. But at the moment in time. Judging the intro of this to the intro of Far Cry 5, I think I actually prefer Far Cry 5 a little bit. But mm. that, that's, a, that's, a, that's an opinion in progress that I'm putting out to you and the listeners. I am... Um, no, I, th I mean, they all, for me, they all have nigh on the same intro. The thing that I really liked about Far Cry 6 was that the cutscenes were shot in third person, so you actually got more yeah. of a sense of self. Like you got more of a sense of this cast of characters that you're interacting with. And uh, and I like that. I, I really like... I said I really like the beginning. I, like, I, I really like Far Cry 6, but it's weird because it's almost tragic how much I don't care about anything other than just base gameplay. But also, I would say that's what Ubisoft are like right now. Like, you can yeah. give me story hooks. You can give me these characters that are well-written and they're well-voiced. Um, but the actual meat of what's there, I'm not getting some amazing nuanced point on what it means to form a rebellion faction in no. fake Cuba. Uh, I'm literally just blowing stuff up. And it's like, you know, um, when it first loads up and you sort of see the menus and you see the loot system, mm. like it's a, it's a fine loot system. I've been quite enjoying <laughs> getting the new um, bits of outfits and all of that stuff. Mm. And it's a fine UI. It's totally functional. I have an issue, though, that it's the exact same as Assassin's Creed's Valhalla. It's one of those mouse like cursor, cursor UIs. The little mouse cursor. The, the loot kind of like board looks the same as it did in Odyssey or whatever. And it's yeah. kind of like, why don't these games have their own identities anymore? I love Far Cry. And I like Assassin's Creed, um, but why do they have to play the same? Like, I thought mm. we had gotten beyond this and got to a point where the different Ubisoft games were allowed to have their own identity again. But now it literally is. And, you know, we joked about this for years and years. Mm -hmm. But now it genuinely feels like if you played one Ubisoft game, open world game, you played them all. Because not only do they play very similar, but now they literally share, you know, UI systems yep. in the same kind of visual shorthands. And it's like, what's it? Oh, it just, mm, it winds well, me up. <laughs> We said this back when Far Cry 4 came out because it was exactly the yeah. same as Far Cry 3. Obviously, they added a few things with the Himalayas and stuff. You got like different environments and a few more abilities in terms of chain kills and stuff and vehicle hijacking and stuff. But I remember the conversation at the time being like, oh, this is the last time they can do this. This is the last yeah. time they can just give us the same thing. And obviously, we then got Far Cry Primal, Far Cry 5, Far Cry New Dawn, and now Far Cry 6. 
And so I do like what they, I say they change. They sort of just refine parts of it. Like I like that they give you more abilities at the start. I like that you can sort of, um, you know, the, the loot system I think works a bit better. Like in terms of you, you, you yeah, just definitely. get better stuff faster. You get better weapons faster. Um, they they almost know what they are, but which is why I'm skipping cutscenes because I'm at this stage because I'm just hours in and every cutscene for the last seven hours has been some variation on we need to go take down that dude. We need to go get you to go recruit someone who's been taken hostage, whatever it is. And I'm going to pick up whatever the story is in the opening one line of text after the cutscene that is my mission goal anyway so yeah. like like i said it's kind of weirdly tragic that it's being played like that um but at the same time i feel like the only positive in this is to treat it as fast food like it is literally as discordant as fast food um or as momentarily satisfying as fast food and so that that works um but it's also quite a damning indictment on where ubisoft are at because <laughs> even after all the um the allegations and obviously was, there was all those various POSs who all got fired or left um, who were, according to behind-the-scenes reports, the ones responsible for making everything the same. But now going forward, Far Cry is the most similar thing possible. I know it's been in development that crosses over with those people um, that got fired and everything. But going forward, they just announced Ghost Recon Frontline, which is literally yeah. PUBG with Fortnite's building mechanic. And it's like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? Like, you, you know, 93% operating income loss after, after um, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and this is your... Save yeah. moments like no yeah it is not the shift that i was hoping or wanting no. um, from that company creatively like at all and it just makes me kind of <laughs> feel like I, I i don't know i was optimistic initially mm. that they might change things for the better and like in terms of the games they were green lighting in terms of the mechanics they were putting in there and at least right now you know between um this again which i, I still quite like it might change my tune on but this the ghost recon thing the x defined thing it's the um that elite squad thing was it called with sam fisher in <laughs> and i'm just looking at yeah. these different games that are coming out of ubisoft and i'm thinking would I even like these when I was getting into games as a, as a kid? Like, is it because I'm a jaded old man now with mm. players so much that I don't appreciate them for what they are? But I don't, I don't, I don't think that's don't true think so. necessarily. No, I mean, look at like, like I said, look at the sales for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. That game was an absolute bomb, and they had, like I said, they had a 93% operating income loss largely because of that game and because of when it launched and everything. And it's just the formulaic approach, the corporate approach to creativity is the thing that at the core makes me sick. Like, I hate it across yeah. the board, um, which is one of my issues with the whole God into the Galaxy energy of Suicide Squad um, Kill the Justice League, because um, I just want original stuff. And I know we talk about this all the time. It is such a, a worn out talking point, but I feel like it's more valid than ever when you get stuff like that, when the biggest teams with the biggest amounts of resources only give you more of the same. It's like, you guys <laughs> should be available. You should be allowed to do other stuff. Um, but yeah, overall, though, I guess Far Cry 6 is solid enough. What are you going to say? One more gripe about yes. the lack of creativity. I was looking at the, uh, it's not the season pass, I don't think, or maybe it mm -hmm. is, but it's like the promise of DLC for Far Cry um, 6. Mm -hmm. And it's it's this quite cool looking thing where you play as the villains from previous Far Cry games. Solid. But it's also, I think, the Blood Dragon DLC from Far Cry 3 that's been um, remade or remastered. Oh. And taken together, I was like, those are quite cool. But it's again, it's just looking, it's looking back. It's like yeah. you can play as these old characters, you can play this old DLC it's remastered. Old. And I'm just thinking, everything is nostalgic, everything's about the past. And I yeah. kind of just 
hit breaking point at that point and had to play <laughs> more um, PGA Tour 2K21. <laughs> the forward-looking energy is PGA Tour 2K21. But I mean, that's, yeah, that's my overall thing. And once I started like realizing that of how much stuff is nostalgic, how much stuff is backwards looking, like sort of shoulder gazing or whatever the hell we want to call it, um, it does start to make me go, ah, I need new stuff. If we're coming out of this collectively, like every single person listening to this has been through what we've all collectively been through. And if the solution yeah. to that is look back and look at when things were good, no, that's not going to work. It needs to be forward thinking. I just, there's a, le- I mean, so it's, it's a wider whole philosophical conversation, but that whole stuff, uh, like I said, makes me itch, gets me annoyed, yeah. makes me go, what have we got in the future? Because I don't want another pub- PUBG Fortnite Battle Royale. Like what? <laughs> it's not 2018 anymore, Mr. Soft. So, <laughs> It's been a time. But yes, um, for now, though, this, hopefully you've been suitably wound up by the various stories, various things that we can cover. Um, I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Being lovely as always. Lovely as always. We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.